Brush up your Shakespeare. Start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare. And no women, you will wow. Just declaim a few lines. Hello, Shannon Riley here, inviting you to join me every Sunday here on KSCF as I talk Shakespeare on Shannon Shakespeare Sunday. Every Sunday at 8 and 8, archived here at Kansas 785 Live, as well as on my own website, ShannonJRiley.com. Join me and let's talk a little bit about the bar on KSCF every Sunday, 8 to 8. Greetings once again and welcome to Shannon Shakespeare Sunday here on KSEF Digital Radio Topeka. Learn more at 75live.com. KSEF Digital Radio. I'm Shannon Riley and I'm here to talk to you about the greatest playwright that ever lived, greatest writer that ever lived, the bard of Stratford-on-Avon, William Shakespeare. I am not a Shakespeare scholar. I call myself a Shakespeare fanatic. Uh, I could be wrong about some of the things I say or sometimes I digress into my opinion but i want to hear from you as always you want to drop me a note let me know what you think of the show or if you have a question or suggestion please do so you can reach me at shannonjriley.com that's shannonjriley.com riley is r-e-i-l-l-y while you're there check out my website and my plays and uh, let me know what you think but in the meantime send me any questions or show thoughts you might have for shannon shakespeare shundays right here on kcef digital radio okay so I wanted to get into this pretty quickly because I'm I'm pretty excited about today's topic, and you're going to notice a theme very very quickly. Um, but I'm going to first start off with the book of the week, and the book of the week uh, again. I come at you with a bunch of books that I like to read about Shakespeare or have read about Shakespeare, and uh, this next one is uh, a really good one. It's called Shakespeare the Thinker. It was by A. D. Natal, uh, copyrighted 2007. Shakespeare the Thinker. It's a- it's very philosophical, this book. It, it really takes a look at his writings and how he processed thought about his times, the people around him, um, and how they worked uh, personal experiences and um, times in London worked into the plays themselves. So um, it's a little bit of a heavy read. Um, I had times where I had to slog through it, but at other times I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. So perfectly well written. So I, I really do encourage you to check it out. It's Shakespeare the Thinker by A.D. Natal, 2007. That's our Shannon Shakespeare Sunday Book of the Week. Um, and the uh, quote of the week is a plague on both your houses. Of course, from Romeo and Juliet, Act 3, Scene 1, when Mercutio is giving his dying breath to curse the home of Romeo uh, for uh, the horrible death that he just encountered by trying to uh, defend Romeo's honor against Tybalt. Now, the reason why I picked that quote, we all know it, a plague on both your houses. If you're even a mild Shakespeare fan, you know that quote. But that's what the topic of my uh, radio show today is about. It's about Shakespeare and the plague. And here's the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, this, uh, you know, we've all been home lately. COVID is getting bad, and I know that. And, and uh, I have friends who are suffering from COVID who have been hospitalized. Um, I have family members who have had COVID and had to uh, uh, move into their homes and stay there. So I, I, I really do sympathize that at a time like this, you probably don't want to hear more about plague. 
But there's this meme that's been going around social media. And it caught my eye because so many people have been sending it to me. And it's various memes, but they, they all come down to the same thing. Did you know that during the plague, Shakespeare wrote King Lear and a plethora of other plays? And um, I don't know what the purpose of this meme is. Is it to inspire us? Because I don't find it all that inspiring. Uh, Shakespeare wrote during the plague. Does that mean that? I'm, I should feel guilty because I'm just sitting here in my pajama bottoms and watching Oprah. I don't understand what anybody takes away from this. It sounds like it's more to shame you. Um, uh, Shakespeare being able to go into a room and write Lear during a plague while you're just having wine for breakfast. You know, we all deal with things differently. But uh, Amadeus Mozart was said to have started writing music when he was five years old. Do we expect other five-year-olds to do that? Shakespeare was brilliant. Shakespeare was a genius. Shakespeare was the greatest writer who ever lived. So, of course, he was able to go into a room and write King Lear during the plague. He could go into another room and write a shopping list during the plague that would be brilliant. But that's the first thing, is I find that the meme is kind of demeaning. The second thing is it's not totally accurate because Shakespeare wrote everything during the plague. The plague followed Shakespeare's life. It was a a thing that the Elizabethans and Jacobeans had to live with day in and day out, year after year. The plague was always rearing its ugly head. So it wasn't like it just happened once. It wasn't like the rest of us when we're dealing with COVID here. We're coming up on a year now of COVID. Um, this was people who grew up with this plague. This was people who had to routinely shut down their homes and their businesses. So there was such a different mindset to the plague. And so it made me think, what is the deal with Shakespeare and the plague? What is the deal with Elizabethans and the plague? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. And um, I'm particularly interested in hearing what you think about it. So send me a message. You know, I, I don't want to miss this either, but this is, again, part of um, my regular show. I'd like to give a Shakespeare fun fact. Well, this is actually a plague fun fact, if you can call it that. that, the, that, that we probably, a lot of you already know this, but uh, the nursery rhyme. Ring Around the Rosie is about the bubonic plague. Ring Around the Rosie, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Ring Around the Rosie refers to the ring of um, red rosacea-type uh, rashes that people would develop when they were on the onside of the plague. Um, pocket full of posies referred to the fact that people would carry satchels kind of filled with sweet-smelling herbs, particularly flowers, that they would hold up to their face, kind of like a medieval mask, uh, to protect themselves from the germs. Uh, not knowing that it was germs, just trying to protect themselves from the smell. Um, uh, ashes, ashes refers to the idea that both that they would burn uh, rosemary and various other herbs to try and dis count the smell, which was absolutely horrendous in a sick room. But also, they would burn the bodies of the people who had died from the disease and in bass pyres. And then uh, we all fall down is an obvious reference to the fatality of the bubonic plague. So that nice, cute little nursery rhyme we all used to do out in the playground between classes when we were little has a pretty dark meaning. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back a little bit here, and I want to reset uh, about the plague and how it affected um, uh, Elizabethans. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick one, one story in particular, and I'm, I'm going to take you back to the year 1564. And uh, a young couple, uh, they've already buried two children, two infants. 
Um, probably due to the plague, it could have been just childhood disease, but they've already lost two infants. They now have a brand new infant, and they're trying to make sure that that young boy is able to live to adulthood, which is hard because plague had just come to their village. And when plague would attack the cities, people would run to the country. But when you lived in a country village, there wasn't really anywhere to go. And this young couple, John and Mary Shakespeare, had to protect their infant son, William, and raise him to adulthood during the plague. It must have been stressful. It must have been frightening. But it's very true. Uh, the, uh, shortly after Shakespeare's birth, which was April 23rd, 1564, Bubonic plague reached Stratford-on-Avon again. It had done it before, and it had returned. Uh, it returned in June of that year. And uh, as many as 200 people died in Stratford-on-Avon from the plague, 200 out of 600 residents. Now, that's a pretty staggering number. And fortunately, William Shakespeare and his family were spared. Did they have the plague and get over it? No, it's unlikely. There would have been notations of it. But certainly... It was a brush with death early in his career, and that's the start of the many plagues. So let's rewind even a little bit further. What are we talking about when we're talking about the plagues in Shakespeare's time? We're going to go back to the mid-1300s. That was the Black Death. We all read about this when we were in grade school in history class. The Black Death uh, it covered all of Europe. Um, started around 1347, was pretty much had run its course by 1550, but it killed nearly a third of everyone living in Europe. The first instance of the Black Plague, and by the way, it was called a Black Plague because it was exhibited when, in its advanced stage by big black boils that would form on the skin. People would have trouble breathing, they'd have coughing, um, they'd uh, a lot of phlegm. Um, it was absolutely debilitating, ugly, gross disease. And the earliest reference of it is sailors on boats from Sicily uh, who arrived sick with the plague from the east. Trading routes were still a relatively new thing in the mid-1300s uh, uh, coming from the east, and it's believed that the plague actually started in China or maybe India and was brought forward to Europe by these sailors who arrived in Sicily. By the end of those, the next five years, from 1947 to about 1952, 20 million people in Europe died from the plague. And these are di it's different times because they didn't know what they had. They didn't know how to fight it. They had no idea about the fleas that it was coming from. They had no idea about airborne illnesses. So there were a lot of really bizarre things that people thought might have caused the Black Death at that time. Um, but even though it flared up, and really, as I said, it was about three years during the, the worst of it, um, two more years after that, that it was uh, strong in the original infestation. But at the end of that three years, and after two, uh, 20 million people dead, the plague did not go away. It just faded and then resurged, faded and resurged. And it did that for generations, for centuries, back and forth, back and forth. Now, we can treat bubonic plague today. We know what it is. We know the antibodies that we need to fight it, uh, the antibiotics. Um, but today, even today, 
The World Health Organization says still about one to 3,000 cases a year, mostly in uh, developing countries, uh, the bubonic plague is still taking lives, about one to 3,000. And, uh, but never, nothing as bad as what it was during the 1300s that continued on all the way through the 16 and into the 1700s uh, of the bubonic plague bouncing up and down, back and forth. Now, People uh, knew of the great pestilence um, by the time it had reached the European shores. They had heard tales of people in China, India, Persia, Syria, and even Egypt being sick from a disease that they could not identify. Um, but it was seen as just really a very, very foreign thing. So what they didn't know was that the disease was both airborne and could be transmitted through flea bites, infected uh, fleas mainly coming from rats. That would... Uh, infect people. Um, and if you got sick with it in the 1300s and even up into Shakespeare's time, going to physician was not necessarily a great idea. Physicians of the period used bloodletting or boil lancing. The boil lancing, they would slice these boils open. The infected pus would run out, could be ingested, would be in the air, and could infect further people. And even though we say that the people in the cities would run to the countries, the country wasn't necessarily safe either. The disease was shown it could affect cows and sheep and goats and pigs and even chickens. So running to the country wasn't necessarily the safest um, decision either. So with this disease that ravaged Europe and then went away and came back and went away and came back and went away, it's only natural to assume that it was still affecting Europe and still affecting England by the time young William Shakespeare is born in 1564. He had two older sisters, uh, uh, Joanne and Margaret, who died in infancy. Uh, nobody really knows what they died in infancy from. It could have been the plague. It Life expectancy was not very high in Shakespeare's time, and certainly infant mortality rate was incredibly high. Uh, so it's not necessarily the plague that could have taken them, but it was certainly a reason why the parents were skittish when young William was born. But there was really nowhere to go. The safest place was to stay in their house in Stratford-on-Avon. And they did something you're going to hear about every day now. They isolated themselves. They stayed away from other people. They tried to do business through open windows. They kept very little contact with people until the disease itself ran its course and did indeed dissipate. Strange thing about bubonic plague that I read was that it really had a tendency to dissipate in the winter rather than the summer. When it got really cold, the fleas would die and um, or there'd be less interaction with people. So the, uh, you really did wait for colder climes for that disease to abate. This isn't necessarily good for people who run an outdoor theater, by the way. You kind of want it to abate during the uh, warmer weather rather than the cold. Um, so this is the background of bubonic plague, the plague that is mentioned in Shakespeare many, many times and used over and over again. And this is the plague that shut his theaters down. After this break, we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about how the plague affected Shakespeare's Elizabethan England and his great acting company, the Lord Chamberlain's Men, later named the King's Men, and what happened at the Globe and the Blackfriars Theater, their theaters during an event 
of the plague. This is Shannon Shakespeare Sunday. I'm Shannon Riley, a Shakespeare fanatic. I'm really enjoying talking to you. Please let me know what you think and join me after this break on KSEF for more of Shannon Shakespeare Sunday. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Shannon Shakespeare Sunday right here in KSEF Digital Radio Topeka. Digital Radio Topeka, learn more of us, uh, learn more about us at 75live.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Shannon Riley and this is Shannon Shakespeare Sunday, uh, where today's episode we were talking about Shakespeare and the plague. Love to hear from you. Again, you can reach me at shannonjriley.com. Riley is R E I L L Y. Shannonjriley.com. I'd love to hear from you about any ideas you have on the show. I'm hitting on this about the plague because we're all dealing with a plague of our own right now. And it's pretty interesting, the things that are quite similar in Shakespeare's time to our time as well. And I want to touch on those now as I move forward to actually the Elizabethan period and the outbreaks of plague that happened there. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, Shakespeare was born on April 23rd, 1664. But the outbreak of plague came to Stratford-on-Avon. I said June, but it was July. July 11th, 1564. Because in the uh, very parish register where his uh, birth was recorded, baptism was recorded, I should say, there was a Latin phrase written in the margin. And and it said, and I'm going to mispronounce this, hic inceptit pestis, meaning here begins the plague. Um, it, it was really, really a frightening time for the people of Stratford-on-Avon. As I mentioned, 200 people around a fifth of Stratford-on-Avon's population <laughs> passed away during that time. But it was not to be the last time Shakespeare dealt with a plague. The plague followed Shakespeare his entire life, as it did all Elizabethans. Outbreaks did not rage forever. Uh, but when they did come up, there were strict uh, closing of public places. They were shutting down of businesses. Theaters were shut down and people were forced to stay away from each other. Uh, symptoms of the Black Plague, by the way, are very similar to symptoms some people are feeling today. It was severe chills. It was extreme weakness. You felt exhausted. There was also the very disgusting parts, the diarrhea, the vomiting, the bleeding from the mouth, nose, and rectum, swollen lymph nodes, and go your skin growing a bit gray. And, of course, I mentioned the red uh, uh, rash that would start and the black pustules that could come later. Uh, burning rosemary, frankincense, bay leaves were suggested, and this is this is the wild thing I found, is uh, it was suggested burn these in the accompaniment of the person who is ill. But if you don't have rosemary, frankincense, or bay leaves, they suggested burning old shoes. I do not know the logic here. <laughs> but apparently, Elizabethans believed if you burned old shoes, it smelled as good as rosemary and frankincense. Now, those who wanted to escape to the country could escape to the country, and many Londoners, when an outbreak happened, did indeed uh, do that. But um, uh, the government just didn't roll over, and they were very aggressive about shutting down assemblies, shutting down feasts, archery contests, all forms of mass gatherings, all forms but one. The Elizabethans believed that there was no way you could get infected by a plague or any illness if you were worshiping God. They never shut down the churches. They made no attempt to shut down the churches. In fact, there was references that they would go to churches and check the registry because you had to sign in at church. You were required by law to attend church. 
So they would go and they would check the registry to see who was signed in. And if they found several people who later reported to have the plague, they went and shut down where they worked rather than the church itself. It was a very unique belief that unfortunately has some strength today. Now, I'm not anti-religion, but it doesn't take a fool to recognize that if you put a bunch of people together in the same room, praying loudly and singing loudly, you're passing along disease if disease is there. And this is something that the Elizabethans refused to accept, and the Jacobeans for that matter. If you were had your mouth open to worship God, there's no way you could get ill. But people were, and people were passing it. Now, As to the theaters, the theaters would close for months at a time. And um, mainly because some churches believed this pestilence had come to them because we were sinners. There's a matter of fact, a very uh, strong presence of a a, a pastor in the uh, Elizabethan period who said the cause of this pestilence is sin and the cause of sin is the performance of plays in public houses. So theaters were one of the first things that got shut down. By the way, if you got sick, there was not a lot of options. You had a, you could lock yourself up in your house and hope it would pass and pray that your relatives or someone could take care of you. Or B, you could call in a doctor. Now, as I mentioned, that wasn't necessarily great either. Or C, they could take you to a pest house. A pest house was a very large open area. It was believed that it would have a lot of airflow so that there would be a lot more room. But they'd stack sick people next to each other, one on top of the other basically, in these large open rooms. The death rate in a pest house was 98%. You were certain to die if you went to a pest house. And many were dragged in there against their will and forced to stay. Now, during Shakespeare's time, there are a lot of outbreaks that would have affected the theater while he was trying to work. The first outbreak was in 1582. Now, Shakespeare would have just been getting married at this point. He's still in Stratford. He's not in London. But it does show that when the theaters would shut down, the theater companies would leave London and go out to the countryside and perform in smaller sides to country houses. None of the theater companies really liked doing this. You made less money than you made in London. But there was really no choice. If you wanted to make any money at all, you packed up your wagons and you traveled from one country house, um, country town to another and performed in an open square and begged for pennies. So if in 1582 there is a massive outbreak, couldn't it then very well be that the Queen's men or the Lord's strange men, some theater company came through Stratford and discovered a young, talented actor by the name of William Shakespeare and took him back to London. The next big outbreak happened in 1592 to 1593, excuse me, 1593, and this was a longer outbreak, and again, the theaters were closed. Uh, Then it happened again in 1603 to 1604, then again in 1606, and then 1608 to 1609. As a matter of fact, between 1603 and 1613, theaters were shut for over 78 months. That was over 60% of the time they could be open. Now imagine you're trying to run a business like a live theater or anything else for that matter, and you have to be closed 60% of the time for 10 years. That's what the theater life was like. That's why I say Shakespeare was dealing with plague his entire life. These theaters were being shut down again and again and again. Now, when theaters would be able to be open, uh, it it was sometimes only a total of about nine months in a year. Um, They would pack in as many people as they could because they needed to try and make up as much money as they could. 
But here's the thing about plague. Even though other contemporary playwrights were writing all about plagues in their play and had people dying from plagues in their play, Shakespeare never did. He quoted plagues a lot. He wrote about them all the time. Uh, Lear calls his goneril, thou art a boil, a plague sore. Um, plagues were qu- quoted in Coriolanus and Timon on Athens. Um, uh, uh, another quote, a, a plague uh, upon it, when thieves cannot be true to one another. Tis the plague of the times when madmen lead the blind. A plague on these pickled herrings. He mentioned plagues a lot, but he didn't dwell on it. For Shakespeare... That's just part of the time. It was part of the world he was living in. It was a part of the world all of them were living in. And yes, they were greatly inconvenienced. But they had to keep going. This is the only way that they could. A powerful plague struck London in 1593, and the theaters closed for 14 months. 10,000 Londoners died um, uh, during that outbreak of plague. Um, But yet, Shakespeare himself soldiered on. Now, here's a neat thing that I discovered. I've mentioned before uh, a Shakespeare scholar who I really uh, recognize and really um, uh, love uh, by the name of uh, Shapiro. Uh, And he he actually wrote some of my favorite um, books about Shakespeare, but he had a wonderful article about um, um, plague and Shakespeare in a New York magazine that I found online. And this is the thing that, and if Shapiro says it, I believe it. He said, even though the theaters broke down and closed, and these theater companies would pack up their wagons and leave, Shakespeare never left London during a plague outbreak. He stayed behind. He stayed behind writing. He turned to writing his uh, longer uh, narrative poems, um, um, the Phoenix and um, uh, the Turtle, um, the Rape of Lucerne, um, um, and and even some of his sonnets were being written during this period. Uh, Or he stayed behind and wrote plays so that when the theaters were able to open up again, they could. But he did not leave London. Uh, He stayed behind. And there's fact of matter is that Hamnet, his son, died in 1596. Uh, He died back in Stratford-on-Avon. Again, we still don't know what, what killed Hamnet, but he was a young boy at the time. A writer was sent to summon Shakespeare to return to Stratford-on-Avon because of the death of his son. But once the writer reached London, he learned that London's theaters had been shut down during the plague, and Shakespeare's company, the Lord Chamberlain's men, were out about in the countryside performing. That writer had to find that theater company to, to tell Shakespeare that his son had died. That writer was able to find the theater company and found out once he got there that Shakespeare had never left London. He was back writing back in London, and the writer had to turn around and go back. That delay meant Shakespeare missed the funeral of his only son, Hamnet. He never made it back on time to attend. It must have devastated Shakespeare. His only son died and buried before he can even get there. So much so that he has a change in his writing and he buys this big, beautiful house, new place, the second largest house in Stratford-on-Avon, and moves his wife and two daughters into that house and out of his parents' house for the first time. He goes back and starts writing Merchant of Venice, a comedy that opens with the line, Oh me, I know not why I am so sad. Shakespeare was profoundly affected by the death of his son. Profoundly affected by the plague. But George Shapiro makes a very, very powerful statement. He says Shakespeare never left London because he knew 
the Londoners needed him to stay. He knew he needed to write, that they had to have theater ready so when the theaters could open again, people could escape from the plagues and back into something better. This is why I think no one ever died of plagues in Shakespeare's plays. This is why he uses the plague only as a footnote, as a side note. We're all dealing with this. We all know it's there and lets it go at that. Shakespeare was writing for his people, his Londoners, his audience to escape the world that they were living in. A world trapped with plague. A plague that would return again and again and devastate families, businesses. Shakespeare created a safe place for them to go. Theater was vital to Londoners. As much as there were people and Puritans standing on street corners and in pulpits screaming the sinfulness of the theater and the sinfulness of plays, the plays, when they were open, were selling out. People of all walks of life were buying tickets, and the royalty, the ruling class, was bringing theater to them, as sinful as they heard it must be. Because the Londoners needed it, we need it. It's very important now, when we're all locked in, that we have our streaming services. We have our ability to escape from the world that we are in right now. It was no different for the Elizabethans and the Jacobeans. They needed to be able to escape to theater, and that's the importance of theater. When we all come out of this, and we will, and we're going to come out stronger and better than ever. But when we do come out, we're going to need theater, and the theater is going to need you. So no matter where you are, what community you live in, how far away from me you're listening to this or right next door, if there is a theater in your community, when it opens its doors again, please support it. Please buy a ticket and please let them know how valuable they are to you. The arts make life worth living. Support all the arts, not just the performing arts, and be a part of your community because it lifts us all up. Just as it did for Shakespeare back during his multiple outbreaks of plague. I'm Shannon Riley. You've been listening to Shannon Shakespeare Sunday right here on KSEF Digital Radio Topeka. Learn more about us at TopekaLive.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm, I'm very excited uh, to have come to you today. Um, I want to tell you about a couple of really other exciting things. Um, I'm working with the Stoic, the Poet, and the Fool, who are three very, very funny guys who get together and talk. We'll be building their new show that will be appearing right here in KSEF. Uh, we're also going to have the Blues with the Colonel that is coming on Sundays right after this show. I'm looking forward to hearing that and working on that production as well. Please continue to support your local um, vendors this holiday season. Buy local and buy often. It's been tough on us all. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Shannon Shakespeare Sunday on KSEF. I'm Shannon Riley, and please stay barred to the bone. (laughs) 